What is up, good people? Welcome once again to more football. I'm your host, Adnan Burke, alongside Richard Johnson and Vosh Lombardi. Listen, we got lots of great football conversation coming up, but honestly, I feel for my man, Vosh. Now listen, we all love an Eagles fan. He's a Cowboys fan. Yeah, there's a rah-rah rivalry. We're supposed to hate each other. But seriously, when Dak Prescott got hurt, I texted my boy. And I'm like, hey, man, I'm sorry. Like, I hope you're okay. Uh, we're going to get into what this means for the NFC East. But first and foremost, Vosh, I want to hear from you. What was it like when your guy went down? Devastating injury. Thank you, Adnan. You know, nobody else checked on me, so nobody else cares about my well-being and how I really feel inside. But, hey, man, it, it sucks when it happens to the good guys, man. Not just the the talented dudes, but, the you know, the, the genuinely good, good people, man. That dude worked hard, bet on himself. And what I really liked about him the most, man, he was going through his money issue in the offseason, but he still showed up to work. He says, I'm not going to hold out not going to hold this team hostage. So it sucks. It sucks. And, you know, I normally count on that dude to pull off some cowboy heroics. We're going to talk about it in a little bit, but I need a hero now. Vach, I think you saw throughout the league how widely respected he was, right? And, and yeah. you know, unfortunately, these catastrophic injuries happen, you know, every year to a lot of guys. Um, but not every player do you see the outpouring of love and support uh, and well wishes across the league. You see it from teammates, et cetera, but you don't see it across the league. I mean, it it, it seemed like every star in the league was coming out uh, to say, uh, to say, Dak, you know, we, we wish you well, et cetera. And I think that every star sort of feels empathy because I, I think every star player in the league says to themselves, I could be in that situation, right? I could be in that situation where team tries to franchise tag me because of a contract dispute because I want to be paid what I'm worth and the team, you know, didn't set aside enough funds to pay me what I'm worth long term. Um, you know, Dak wanted to be a cowboy. It seems like Dak wants to be a cowboy long term, uh, but it, it's just such an unfortunate situation. I think a lot of guys in the league, particularly the good players in the league, uh, the elite ones, looked in the mirror and said, man, that could unfortunately be me at some point. But I will take my, my, my real fast moment to hate on Cowboy fans real fast. That doesn't mean Dak lost money. Dak will be back. Dak will be the quarterback for the future because he almost threw for 7,000 yards this year. <laughs> if he would have played the whole season, he would have broke all kinds of records. So if, if Dak doesn't come back, I'm going to be rooting for the Jaguars or Richard. <laughs> come on down with me, baby. The top of the draft, the water's fine. Uh, to that point, I don't know how necessarily Dak comes back as the same player. Listen, hopefully it's a full rehab botch. He's 100%. He's ready to go. But, I mean, listen, gruesome injury. When Joe Theismann is tweeting my thoughts and prayers, like, you know it's an injury that is very, very tough and painful to look at. But, listen, he's a hard worker, rehab. Hopefully he comes back, has that same explosiveness. And, obviously, as you mentioned, it's not going to affect his arm. The question now becomes this, Richard. Who wins the NFC East? That's right. The NFC East, just the, the domain of terrible football. And now the first thought was – for myself, the Eagles fans, oh, I guess the Eagles are going to win the division. Well, no. First off, they lost to the Steelers, uh, and it's still going to be an uphill battle schedule-wise. And more importantly, the Eagles should remember when Carson Wentz went down, Nick Foles came in and led them all the way to the Super Bowl. And Andy Dalton, say what you will, Rich. Listen, I know he's not a star anymore. I know he's not a starting quarterback, and that's why he was relegated to being a backup. But he's still serviceable. They can still hand the rock to Zeke 25 carries a game and win some games, No. Yeah, look, the calculus, I think, for the Cowboys is still the same as far as a long-term projection over the course of this season. It's not whether you will be the cream that rises to the top in the NFC least, because I do believe that 
the Cowboys still will. But the calculus is, can you win three or four games in January? And I, I wasn't sure they could before Dak Prescott went down. I'm much less sure now. that I asked Vach before the show. I, I was like, Vach, what, uh, uh, can you give me something on the Cowboys defense? And he says, I don't know, man. They're in the 30s in whatever metric you're looking at for defense. That is going to come back to bite them should they play. Even, even a Saints with, with a Drew Brees who looks like he's got a noodle arm. Much less uh, the Seahawks. Much less uh, you know, the Niners if they get their, their stuff together. Much less the Packers. Uh, I, I do not think the Cowboys can get where they want to go. Didn't think it before Dak went down. Definitely don't think it now. The funny thing about it is Andy Dalton is probably still the best quarterback in the division, and my Cowboy YouTube audience is going to hate me because I'm normally positive guy. I bleed this optimism. But, you know, Dak had to be Hercules every single game to pull those guys out of a hole. And, you know, it makes sense. Okay, cool. Andy Dalton's the quarterback now. We got to run the ball and play defense. That was the plan with Dak Prescott as well, but you know <laughs> when you give up, when you give up points by the dozens. I mean, the the look, the Cowboys won last Sunday, but we still gave up thirty four points to the worst offense in the league. So now, if Dak can't overcome those odds, I'm like, how in tarnation is Andy Dalton going to be able to do it? Andy Dalton's not going to be terrible. He's not going to stink it up, but I don't think he's going to lead us to the promised land. And to be fair. You can go 6-10 and and win this division, but I don't want to play those big, scary teams at the top with this defense and my patchwork offensive line and Andy Dalton. So I look at the San Francisco 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt one year. They draft the Nick Bosa and go to the Super Bowl next year. I'm not thinking about tanking or whatever, but we may be so bad enough that we just naturally do it. Yeah, with the Cowboys, I I think the – where do the chunk plays come from, right? And and do you have enough in the tank to to consistently have those chunk plays? You shouldn't need to do that. But like you said, Dak Prescott was playing with his hair on fire this season, and and they needed every bit of it, right? They needed that strip sack on Daniel Jones uh, on Sunday to win that game, right? It was a close game in the end. They they need so much to win football games. Again, that is fine. You can eke it out to nine and seven or ten and six. You could win this division. But again, when it comes down to January, the way this league is trending, you have to keep up uh, with the Joneses on offense. And I do not think the Cowboys are going to be able to do that when it will matter the most. Well, there's no doubt about that. Every single team will be licking their chops to face either the Eagles, the Cowboys, whoever wins the NFC least. And there's a reason why we're not talking to the Washington football team. We'll discuss them later on and their decision to bench Dwayne Haskins. And as for the Giants, as Vach mentioned, they almost beat the Cowboys. Then they remember that they're the Giants and the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes as they and the New York Jets remain winless. We'll talk more about the Jets as well in a second. To zone. More live football than anyone else. Stream exclusive Premier League and UEFA Champions League. Stream every NFL game, including the Super Bowl. Plus exclusive Red Zone. Showing you every touchdown, every Sunday. DAZN. Start your free trial at DAZN.com and stream on multiple devices. More live football than anyone else. D-A-Z-N. DAZN. Simple question here for the Atlanta Falcons. Rebuild or retool? Is this a team that should just strip it down bare and accept the fact the window is closed? Or can they be a team with some tinkering that can still be an effective, dominant team in the NFC? Dan Quinn, the head coach, jettisoned 
after a terrible start to the season. A great defensive coordinator with the Seahawks, but his legacy is going to be 28-3. Unfortunately, they blow that big lead in the Super Bowl against the Patriots and also an ignominious fate for Thomas Dimitrov, the general manager, architect of the team. He's also gets his walking papers. So when it comes to the Falcons, everyone has an opinion here, fellas, including your guy, T.I., that's right. You can have whatever you like. He was saying when it comes, Falcons fans want Matt Ryan to take a one-way ticket out of town. Listen, Richard, I know we get opinions from everybody, but honestly, I've given it some thought. If T.I. says that, then maybe he's right. You know what? Matt Ryan should get out of town. Let's let's rebuild this franchise right now. Yeah, the urban philosopher Clifford Harris uh, with, with the hot takes. I do think that uh, it, it may be time for the Falcons to hit the reset button. Um, I'm not sure how much of an – like, I, I don't think you got to dro- drop an atom bomb on this roster, right? Uh, I do think you need to do some soul-searching with Matt Ryan, right? Whether that is a pretty heavy contract restructure to push some money down the road maybe and, and get some guaranteed money now again uh, like you did a couple of years ago. Uh, the Julio Jones deal, we know what he is, Hall of Famer. Um, you want him on that roster moving forward. And, you know, we think Calvin Ridley's pretty good too. But they've whiffed in free agency the last couple of years, right? And and they're, whoever is the new GM is going to have to hit in the draft this year, I think, because I, I don't know. You know, we don't know what the cap is going to do. We, we imagine that the salary cap may actually fall a little bit this year. So there are some, uh, some interesting roster permutations, I think, for Atlanta this year. And I do think... Arthur Blank probably wants uh, a total rebuild, right? Given the fact that he got rid of Thomas Dimitrov. I was actually pretty surprised he got rid of Thomas Dimitrov. I thought he would get another chance to continue to retool this roster uh, without Dan Quinn. But, uh, you know, the 28-3 season, they were so good. They were so electric on offense. But that window, I think, has closed. And they've been sort of clutching at that the last few years. But, you know, the, the, the Super Bowl window's closed. First of all, nobody gives a damn what T.I. thinks. First of all, let me just get that out the way. Um, but in terms of the Falcons, and it was interesting, Rich, I'm going to hit you with something in a little bit. We were talking about the actual rebuilding process, and I wasn't necessarily in panic mode because I was like, hey, man, Matt Ryan's okay. He's a semi-quasi-aging quarterback. He's not as old man as the other old man quarterbacks that we normally talk about. They're 40. Matt Ryan is 35. Five years in football is plenty. And you still have pieces on your offense to where you can be good. So if you just fix your defense, maybe patch up the offensive line a little bit, you'll be fine. But then we started talking about draft picks, right? So if they lose today or or they just keep losing, if you draft today, they're at the top five. So I'd imagine that normally you would just want to draft someone to help out the older veteran players that you have on your team. But at the top of the draft this year, there's a gang of quarterbacks. you got a bunch of receivers there. You wouldn't think that Atlanta necessarily needs those, but You guys got me to thinking yesterday, right? If they do win the Trevor Lawrence race, do you kick Matt Ryan out of the driver's seat and bring the young guy in? Now, of course, Trevor Lawrence year one isn't going to be better than the veteran Matt Ryan, but you can reset. You can probably save $30 million. You can put that money into your defense, and you may have a better team year two or three with your new head coach. And we've seen with, with new head coaches, there's always quarterback change. So, I don't think moving on from Matt Ryan means that Matt Ryan can't play anymore. But moving on from Matt Ryan just may make sense in terms of roster building. But I think the Falcons are going to be too good to go. I don't think the Falcons are going to go 2-14. and I mean, we're going to get to them in a second. The Jets are bad, bad, right? We think the Giants are bad, bad. Washington's not very good. Jacksonville's not very good. There is going to be 
sort of in a different way than last year. I think there's going to be a logjam of teams at the top of the draft who are seriously considering uh, taking a quarterback, right? There's going to be two or three that uh, we think are going to be there, uh, Trey Lance and Justin Fields, in addition to Trevor Lawrence, of course. But this is fundamentally different from last year, where I think there's going to be a lot of quarterback needy teams who are also really bad, uh, as opposed to last year. And I don't think the Falcons are going to be bad enough to be high enough in the draft. And I don't think the Falcons have enough picks in the arsenal to trade up and, and do a Mitch Trubisky-style trade like the Bears did a few years ago. Well, it's week five and they are that bad right now. But I think the 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 big difference is like the one thing we can look for is where the Giants go, because they're not a quarterback needy team, but they could be bad up there in that top five. So if they're your second team and the Falcons are your third or fourth, then a quarterback may just naturally fall to Atlanta. Amen. Yeah, that's well said. Listen, Dan Quinn being fired is one thing. Thomas Dimitrov sent his packing papers. If they got rid of Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, this would be like General Sherman during the Civil War. He's setting Atlanta on fire. All of a sudden, that would be a big, big message to them. All right, it's now time to sleep with the fishes as we look at the real bottom feeders of the National Football League, okay? You think the Falcons are in a tough situation? How about the Jets? They got a coach that everyone's bashing Adam Gase. You have Sam Darnold, who's now regressed as a quarterback. Jamal Adams is no longer on the team. Le'Veon Bell is now no longer part of the team. And statistically, they have the top toughest schedule in football remaining. This is not inconceivable, Vach. This team could go 0-16. Back in 08, the Lions had that horrible fate. Your boy Rod Marinelli is the coach. What do you think? Could the Jets go 0-16? I mean, I wonder which rapper from New York called for Le'Veon Bell to get kicked out. <laughs> get kicked out of the Jets. Um, so it's interesting when we think about bad teams being terrible, you know, so the 0-16 Lions in 2008, at least they caught our attention. At least we tuned in to see how bad they were. I would click the remote and be like, okay, cool. How are they going to waste Megatron this week, right? Uh, if I turn on a Jets game for five minutes, I'm falling asleep. And they just cut their best player on offense. I'm like, okay, I've seen this trick before. We're trying to get to the top of the draft so we can retool this thing. It sucks because and it seems like Sam like Sam Donald has gotten worse. And, you know, not, now you're just going to run Flacco out there. That's, that's you know, that's not any any better. Um, some of your best players on defense, we, we talked about C.J. Mosley earlier. He opted out. So, you know, where's the help? Where's the love? You know, but if they're going to end up at the top of the draft then you know we pretty much know the direction that they're going trevor lawrence photoshops have been all green as of this point so uh, teal teal it. teal and black Vaj. i'm uh, sure rich y'all are probably going to win more games than these terrible jets and you know rich is going <laughs> to talk about this in a little bit but that schedule is pretty brutal so i just don't see it they could possibly go 0 16 i wish they could play one more game so they could break the record and go 0 17 rich <laughs> I um I agree with you on the 0 and 17. I like the there's a problem with the Jets here because I think the Jets and the Lions are fundamentally different for this reason, right? The Jets are in this this big old market here in New York City, right where I am. You're you're gonna get force-fed Jets as they get worse uh, over the balance of the season because of where they are, how noteworthy they are still, and how bad I think they're gonna be, right? I, I think there there is some 2008 Lions in these Jets, particularly. I don't really see when the Jets are going to win the ga uh, game this season. Adnan just told you about how tough the schedule is. The, the fundamental difference with the Lions of 2008 is that the 2008 NFC North, it wasn't that great, right? The Lions got a couple weeks where you can say, okay, I think they can win this game in division, right? Uh, there was like a 6-10 and 10 team and a 9-7 and 7 team in that division. This AFC East that the Jets are in, uh, the uh, the Dolphins definitely improved. 
we know what the Patriots are, right? And I think we think the Bills are at least competent despite what they showed against the Titans. The Jets have a problem here, man. I, I, the Lions were actually favored in their first game and then were underdogs in the next 15 games. Uh, but, you know, there's some five-point spreads in there, some three-point spreads in there. I don't see where the Jets are going to be less than a touchdown underdog moving forward. Maybe the November game against the Dolphins? Maybe. But, like, they play the Chiefs later in the season. They got the Raiders coming. I mean, they have some very tough games on this schedule for do the New York Jets. All right, let's move away from the dregs of society, okay? Let's go from the outhouse to the penthouse, and that would be the AFC North right now. A combined 12-2 and record when you look at the Ravens, the Browns, and the Steelers. Uh, Chase Claypool, my man, by the way, check out the Rookie Diaries in the Zone. Just recorded a new episode Tuesday night. Great guy, four touchdowns, lit up my Eagles. AFC Offensive Player of the Week. And Mike Tomlin, the head coach of the Steelers, said, we like being in the kitchen, and the AFC North ball is being in the kitchen. It's hot in here. That's right. He's not kidding about that. Nelly style. That's right. T.I. and Nelly now both in the show. Let me ask you this, Richard. Are the Ravens the favorites? Because the Browns and Steelers, they're colliding this weekend. Big game there. Are you betting on Baltimore? Yeah, I, I didn't think the Ravens – I didn't think the Ravens were as bad as they showed against the Chiefs, right? I, I think it's just a situation of you faced a really, really good team who was really, really humming. The Chiefs are going to hum on a lot of teams this season, uh, despite what they showed against the Raiders last week. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think the Ravens are fine. Uh, I cannot wait until they play the Steelers for just how that is going to be a classic football game. But, hey, the Browns, not that bad. I think the Browns are going to give the Steelers – uh, everything they want this this uh, this weekend. I do wonder what happens when the Steelers actually get after Baker Mayfield. It does seem that the Browns have put a little bit together these last few weeks. They beat a good football team, the Colts. The Colts are good. Uh, but now it's going to turn up a notch, right? The Steelers are going to come after you. So what happens with the Browns? But yeah, I'm still taking the Ravens as the class of that division. You saw what they did to the Bengals on Sunday. When they turn it on, they are still a very good football team. I'm not going to say anything nice about the Browns, but if they beat the Pittsburgh Steelers, then I may smile and say something sweet about them. Um, write it down. That's a full segment next week if they win. Write it down. I'll I'm do it in five it down to now. ten minutes, whatever you need. But <laughs> I will say I'm still leaning Baltimore Ravens. However, Pittsburgh Steelers are catching up really, really quickly. And the only problems that I had going into the season about Pittsburgh was their quarterback. Ben Roethlisberger looks nice. So when I look at the Ravens, it seems like, you know, Lamar Jackson is running a little less. Like he wants to be more of a, of a passer. That's cool. But I think the Ravens are the best when they're the best running team in the league. And their running backs haven't really gotten going. Uh, got, got going. So that's... Interesting to see how that develops. When I look at the Ravens on defense, they play tough on defense, you know. But if you look at the Pittsburgh defense, they play incredible on defense. And if you put that pass rush on on Baltimore, you know, Lamar could be running for his life. And it seems I'm not saying that Lamar's figured out. But if you make Lamar pass a little more, he looks a little different. So we need to see him get a little better in that. But the Pittsburgh passing game, you know it's good when somebody's good every week. One week is Juju. One week is Deontay. One week is Chase. Love Ricky Diaries, by the way. You know, it, it, it's just when you can get everybody in that offense going, Benny Snell one week, James, James Conner one week, there's synergy in that. So – I will say that both teams haven't really played many good teams yet. Baltimore has 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 ran into um, Kansas City. Uh, Pittsburgh hasn't really played a good team yet. But when they play each other, that's the real answer for the test. And the best thing about that is that they got to play each other twice. 
And as he used to say in college about Benny Snell, Snell, yeah. All right, let's move over to Washington. <laughs> as mentioned previously, Dwayne Haskins has been benched. Oh, no, this guy's a first-round pick, and now he's benched. And Ron Rivera's quote, I saw enough for 11 weeks. He was our starter through the four games. We didn't see what we were looking for. Uh, Richard, listen, this is a situation where, listen, if coach comes in and says, it's not my guy, you know what I mean? I'm going to trust the guy that I know from Carolina that I'm bringing over here. And, yeah, sure, Alex Smith will suit up. Great story, 17 surgeries. He can be our backup. For Dwayne Haskins, unfortunately, I don't think he's looked good on the field and off the field. If you hear the stories, lazy, not working hard, this is really disappointing to hear when you think about all those fans of this Ohio State quarterback who just has not translated well to the pro game. Yeah, you know, whatever you want to say about the off the field stuff, uh, I think there's some negative stereotypes that come through when you talk about a guy like Dwayne Haskins uh, with some of the off field stuff. But the fact of the matter is there's really not a way to defend the on-field product. And that's where I think it comes down to. He was not good. I, I, I can't really spin it in a way uh, that, that shows that he was. I know there's not a ton of talent around him, but he does have a number one receiver in Terran Foreign, right? I, you know, it just never really gelled with Dwayne Haskins. Uh, what I was very surprised about was that he was number three in the depth chart last week. Now, I know that he came down with the, with the stomach flu or stomach bug. Apparently, he was inactive on Sunday. So we'll see where he act if he actually suits up and dresses this upcoming Sunday. But mid last week, they were still saying he was third on the depth chart behind Alex Smith, who has a, a surgically repaired leg after whatever it is, over a dozen surgeries. Uh, was surprised, uh, but very thankful that Alex Smith... Uh, got in the game and got out of it healthy. Best wishes to Alex Smith, and we hope that he stays healthy for the rest of his career. Uh, but the fact that Dwayne Haskins was behind Alex Smith on the depth chart was what was so noteworthy to me, uh, despite what Washington said about Kyle Allen promoting Kyle Allen to the start. Well, as a Cowboy fan, I think that I'm blessed to have the Washington football Wizards because somebody has to draft bad in order for me to get the players that I want on my team. Now, for the most part, they've been drafting okay as long as they're going D-line guys. The rest of the team, I don't know. So when I saw them drafting Dwayne Haskins, I was kind of scratching my head a little bit because there's this thing I always say, you draft for traits. You don't draft for production or yardage or things like that. So when I watched Dwayne Haskins in Ohio State, he had a lot of yards. That was very impressive, but he wasn't the biggest arm talent guy in the world. He's not a fast quarterback, so you're basically drafting him because he, you know, made a bunch of throws in college, a lot of crossing routes, a bunch of easy stuff. Paris Campbell made it really easy for him. Terry got going in college, and I think he wasn't a great quarterback to be drafted in the first place. Then they overdrafted him. So Case Keenum was actually really good that year for the Washington Football Wizards, and when they inserted Dwayne Haskins, that team just got worse. I'm like, okay, cool. Maybe they're playing the worst quarterback on purpose and they're tanking but no 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 and then we transition into this year he's just as bad as he was and he worked out for the instagram and he did all these off-season workouts and people got in his corner but it has to be some type of off the field extra going on because he's the third guy behind alex smith it's not like you just lost your job because you were bad and we're just gonna make you the backup you're number three that means you're probably never gonna see the field unless something catastrophic happens so that lets me know that you know there was some some head bumping there was some arguments something happened i don't know that's probably gonna come out later but we knew that with new coaches comes new quarterbacks for the most part we see in arizona josh rosa was there got his coffee and he was shipped out so with brand new ron rivera he probably wants a quarterback that he wants and haskins probably isn't that guy 
I would like to ask Richard though, what do you think uh, you can get back in like trade value? Like, do you think they move on from him or do you think they make it like a Geno Smith type of deal where, okay, you're just going to be our backup dude forever? I mean, if you're Washington, you gotta think you can get like a fifth or a sixth round pick for him, right? I mean, at some point in time, you would imagine someone takes a flyer on him, but I think the proof will be if they end up outright cutting him, maybe next year, if they end up outright cutting him, I think that's where you'll see that man, if they cut him, that means they could not get anything back for him in a trade, similar to the Jets and Le'Veon Bell. I'm not saying they're the same caliber of player. I'm saying it's a similar situation of if you really can't get anything for the guy in the trade market at all, uh, sometimes your, your hand is forced to cut. Yeah, he's going to play in the NFL again, but I'm with you guys. I cannot see him playing again for Washington, and whether or not he's a starter again remains to be seen. Maybe he signs somewhere as a backup, pushes to be the starter, but Clearly, his days in the nation's capital are numbered. Oh, don't forget, on the zone, you can watch every game in 40 minutes, never miss a play. And honestly, Sundays are incredible. Seven hours of uninterrupted football. So seriously, the zone Canada is where it's at. In terms of the games, look forward to, fellas. Pittsburgh, Cleveland, we talked about earlier, but let's dive into it. Because seriously, this stat will blow your mind. With a win versus Pittsburgh, Baker Mayfield can be the all-time winningest quarterback at first energy stadium history with 12 wins. That's right. Cleveland is playing at home. And if he wins, he'll take over for the previous leader. Ben Roethlisberger. That's right. That's how bad it's been for Cleveland. If Baker wins at home, he'll surpass Big Ben for the most wins at that stadium. I know Cleveland's going to be the underdog here, Rich, and we really like the Steelers' defense, but give some love to the dog pounder, right? Can the Browns pull off a win? Yeah, I mean, the Browns want this, and I know they want this bad, right? We know Browns fans hate, hate the Steelers. It's a blood feud. I'm not going to call it a rivalry because to be a rivalry, you got to win some games against the opponent. And the Browns have not done that a lot over the last two decades, call it. Uh, so can the Browns do this on Sunday? I do believe they can. I think they're talented enough to do it. I think they've been gelling in the last few weeks. Again, I think they beat a good football team, the Colts, uh, and I think they are starting to figure some things out. But I think the Steelers are the second best team in that division. Uh, I think the Steelers are going to make the playoffs pretty easily as a wild card, particularly with the extra wild card spot because they are so good. So this is the challenge. This is finally, hey, it, it's it's not can you win one game. It's can you put two, three, four good performances together. If they win this game, that's a win over Dallas, who was uh, fully operational at the time you beat them. That's a win over the Colts, who were pretty good, and that's a win over the Steelers. And if if the Browns do this, you then look back at their last three or four weeks and say, huh, they got some going here. I would love to break this game down and give you some analysis, but I'm sorry. You said that the quarterback that only visits Cleveland once a year has more <laughs> win than the dude that plays there eight games a year. Is that what you're saying, Mr. Adam? That, that is correct, Vacha. As absurd Multiple as dudes. Yes. Multiple dudes who play there eight times a year. Oh, goodness. That is incredible. Uh, so, listen, uh, Cleveland Browns fans, this is your opportunity to get some nice words from Vice Lombardi. You know, it was it was interesting what you guys did last week with the Colts, and I think the Colts are a really good defense, so that's a fair thing you kept there, but I don't trust Phillip Rivers. This is your real test. Can you overcome a defense, and can you keep the, 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 the one of the better offenses in the league off the board? Pittsburgh, they are not going to slow down. They are going to hit you upside the head. They're going to run. They're going to throw and then they're going to stop you from running and they're going to make Baker Mayfield throw the football. If Baker Mayfield can make some key throws, if you can get Odell Beckham involved, Kareem Hunt's going to be fine. If you can do those things and win, I'll say nice things on more football. But until then, uh, the Browns are probably going to get whooped by the Pittsburgh Steelers and I'm going to have a good laugh next week. 
I think that's totally fair. Green Bay and Tampa Bay. Listen, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, the Packers revitalized right now in the NFC North, and they're taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers again, a team we haven't talked a ton about, but Tom Brady and the Bucs have obviously have a winning record. Their offensive mojo is going because of what Brady has, that chemistry of those receivers. When it comes to the Packers and the Bucs, I mean, Vach, do you feel like this is a potential NFC championship game, or is that a little much? That is way too much. Uh, last week, Thursday night football, we saw the GOAT play against an average quarterback, and the GOAT won. Nick Foles beat Tom Brady. So, you know, <laughs> I, I, so as I so as I continue to break down this Tampa Bay Buccaneers season, to be fair to y'all, like midseason form is a thing for a reason, right? So when we get to about week eight or nine, that's when I'm really gonna get those bold takes in. But as of now, you're gonna see two quarterbacks. Both of them are, are older guys, but one quarterback is tearing it up. And the other quarterback is trying to get his rhythm right now. I do think once Tom Brady gets his rhythm with that talent around him, God was going to come back from that hamstring. I think they're going to be fine. But this week versus Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, those dudes are too much right now. Aaron Jones is too much right now. Uh, good luck to you. We'll see what happens. Rich, please give me give me something that can make me believe in these Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Because Nick Foles just did it. You can't beat Nick Foles. You don't stand a chance versus Aaron Rodgers. Look, through halftime on Thursday night, I thought the Bucks had something going here, right? All right. The Bucks are the Bucks are clicking into gear. And then Vita Vea goes down. So you're stout, you're less stout on defense. I think Vita Vea is one of the bright, shining defensive stars to be in this league, frankly, because of what I think about nose guards, defensive tackles, and their impact on defense. The Bucks are Ndamukong Sue is going to have to step up in that position now and and sort of roll the clock back. The Bucks are more of a work in progress than I thought, right? The Chargers game, I thought, was a really good proof concept for the Bucs. I thought they they take care of business against the Bears and they move on to the Packers this week. But they did not take care of business, obviously, against the Bears. And so there are so many questions. The Packers are coming in and looking pretty good, right? Uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers has got it rolling. We were wrong about Aaron Rodgers. We were wrong about his connection with Matt LaFleur. It seems like they really have something going here. The Bucks better get some of that midseason form. If not, it, it starts to become a situation of, well, the Bucs are just sort of dysfunctional. All right, that's the story when it comes to Green Bay and Tampa Bay. One more game here, fellas, Buffalo and KC. And Richard, this is interesting because, you know, Bill's Mafia was furious Tuesday night. They're like, oh, my God, here we go again with Allen. We're getting lit up here against Tennessee. Titans, by the way, 16 days off, no problem, still unbeaten despite dealing with that COVID-19 mess. And for Kansas City, I mean, their defense got lit up by Derek Carr, took them to school. How do you break down Bills and Chiefs? Big game at Arrowhead. I, I, the Chiefs are going to be fine. We know the Chiefs are going to be fine. I, I think the Raiders... The Raiders got the Chiefs in a lot of long third down situations, benefited from the penalties, some sloppiness on the Chiefs' uh, behalf. The Raiders, again, I don't want to take anything away from the Raiders. The Raiders absolutely took care of business. But as far as, like, is there a blueprint to beat the Chiefs consistently, I don't think that there is. Uh, you know, I, I'm not sure Buffalo can actually end up hanging with them. This is sort of the really big test for Josh Allen uh, as far as can Josh Allen really step up and duel with, you know, some of the elite quarterbacks in the league. Uh, but, I mean, they got embarrassed. I think that's an embarrassing loss for the Bills to go on the road against a team that hadn't that practiced once in two weeks, that's had so much uncertainty uh, and all that sort of stuff, and the Bills have been rolling so far to this season. But I, I think for them to lose that game the way they did, for them to get the doors blown off by the Titans, that's embarrassing for the Bills. 
Bills fans better not give Josh Allen a hard time. You better not be ungrateful because you would be obscured this season if it would not be for him. So let's just get – and I shouldn't be defending Josh Allen because I've been talking crap on more football for, for six weeks now. But you guys need to chill on your quarterback. He's actually keeping you guys in these games. Now, was he as, was he as sharp – this week as he was in, in earlier weeks, absolutely not. But I think that's something that, that you can fix. You can have a good week of practice and your sharpness goes up. The problem is that Pat Mahomes is on the other side. That dude is is, is top-tier sharpness right now. So good luck to you. Um, you know, like I said, the, the Bills are going to have to play some defense that, that, that they haven't played before, right? They're going to have to bring in a little something extra, and they're going to have to hope for some things to go their way. If not, uh, I mean, it's going to be Kansas City clearly. Uh, Sammy Watkins went down. But if you look at that receiver core, Sammy's the he's like the second slowest guy on that on that wide receiver core, which is which is crazy. So they got guys. They got guys that can go. Uh, Clyde is going to be good. I mean, it should be fun. And, you know, it's sort of a playoff ramification kind of game. You know, just two teams. They only lost one game apiece. So it should be interesting. But I think it's going to be pretty clear, Chiefs. For Sammy Watkins, see Sammy run. Uh, it should be a lot of fun watching Buffalo KC and all the action. And don't forget, Pittsburgh Steelers, big game against the Cleveland Browns. Check out Chase Claypool. He's nothing short of being the AFC Offensive Player of the Week. Four touchdowns against the Eagles. I spoke to him on Tuesday night, so you can check out the Rookie Diaries on zone. He took me through every single one of those touchdowns, play by play. Also told me how he spent $10,000. You want to hear that story, but Chase digging into his wallet and putting out some serious money for something to the benefit of his teammates, I should say. And also, your fantasy football fix, check out the lineup. Steven Soyos, Wesley Chang, those guys always bring the heat. Speaking of bringing the heat, listen, what a job here. Richard Johnson, Vox Lombardi, our entire crew. I'm Adnan Verk. We got T.I. in the show. We got Nelly in the show. Next week on more football, see if we can get Ludacris on the show. We'll see you then. <laughs> Luda.